Well, it looks like we're going to have to be uh, even stronger and stronger warriors as time goes on because we know that the enemy is not going to give up, <laughs> right? So we're just going to have to keep exactly. fighting and fighting. Yes. Okay. Glad to have you back, Pastor Martin. So uh, what's been going on uh, in uh, in South Africa uh, because uh, you weren't able to call in the last couple of weekends, and why don't you tell us all about it? Well, Pastor, first of all, my brother, well, good evening to you and also good evening to our listeners across the globe. Um, well, to start off with, uh, I had an, a very um, worried call from my brother, uh, who, uh, whom I've said to you had been listening to our show's for quite some time, for a number of years. And he was very concerned about me not being on the show, and he called me um, on um, Monday of this past week, and he wanted to know what happened. Yeah. Now, uh, at that time, at that time, our network was alive, and also our power was alive, so I could speak with him. Uh, when the power goes out in our rolling blackouts, which have been uh, raised to a level never uh, raised to before uh, with the advent of electricity in South Africa. Okay. Uh, we've had the worst, the highest level of rolling blackouts. Now, um, it's just amazing that um, when elections occur, these blackouts don't occur. And when <laughs> major events within the government do occur, these rolling blackouts don't occur. And, uh, yes. Now, what we've seen is, and, and that is a very important issue, as you have known, I have been talking about the identity theft of the Edomites, or rather of the identity of the house of Jacob by the Edomites. Yes. And in this regard, in particular, the identity theft of the Boers, or the, or the identity of the Boers by the Edomite. Um, yes. Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Yes. Now, yeah. uh, you and I know that Sina van Rensburg's prophecies actually uh, indicate that at a certain time uh, there would be many tents that would be erected in the Karoo, uh, the Northern Cape. And over the past nearly 30 years, Many of these Freemason Cape Dutch Afrikaners whom have had the spoils of the Edomites reign over the Boers over the past uh, 112 years. Yes. Um, accumulating unto themselves massive pensions. And, of course, when they retired, they went and they bought um, towns like Urania, uh, like... Um, Priska, uh -huh. uh, like Uppington, all the northern Cape towns have been and farms have been bought up by these Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaner Freemasons mostly. And uh, what we've seen is that they are playing exactly the same game as Petritif did. Remember, Petritif told. Uh, the uh, Freemasons that he was going to negotiate for land with Dungan. Uh -huh. And yeah, then Zulu. when he had ne negotiated land, he was going to sell that to the Boers and have the Boers buy the land from him wherewith which 
the gains he would have used yeah, to repay his debt with <laughs> right. some of his Freemason brothers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a land selling and scheme for for a for a Cape Dutch uh, part Jew. Yeah. Okay. Please continue. Yes. Well, um, there are many organizations, Afrikaner cultural, so-called cultural organizations, who are on in on this scheme. And of course, uh, one of the most prominent role players in this is Afri Forum, and of course, they. Um, parent company or their mother company, if I can call it that, uh, the major piglet, Solidarity, <laughs> which gives itself to be a trade union. Uh-huh. And, um, or, uh, or rather, instead of using the word piglet, I would rather say the major sow yeah, in right. the um, whole yeah. scheme. Yes. And... Um, I'm sitting with a short video clip of the preacher. Now, you must remember that these Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners have been um, at the um, uh, hijacking of the identity of the Boers for over the past 150, 160, 170 years. Um, They've been doing that exactly in the same way as Esau's Viper Sea descendants had hijacked the identity of the house of Yehuda as well as Yashorel. Uh-huh. In other words, hijacking the identity of Jacob. When Esau could not kill his brother, his descendants decided to imitate him. And from that imitation, the Messiah also called the these Edomite Pharisees, the seed of the viper. Right. Um, of right. course, of course, the, that already they claim to be the sons of Abraham, which they were not. Um, and the Messiah actually uh, emphasized the fact that they were the children of the devil. Uh-huh. Right. And they lie and they lie just as their father, the father of lies does. Now, in this regard, for many years, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, um, Judeo-Christian churches, have taken it upon themselves to start feasting on the Day of the Vow, which was, as it was given by uh, Andres Pretorius, as a day in which would be kept as a Sabbath Right. Where in which the, the glory and the honor of the, um, of the victory would be passed to his name, to Yahweh. Right. Now, you and I know that the Boers had been forced uh, militarily into the Dutch Reformed Church since the, um, the, the first Boers or the first people who arrived in the Cape as white slaves to become Boers, they were given the uh, the label of Boers because of the fact that the Dutch East Indian Company's uh, employees and the governors uh, deemed these people that arrived uh, as um, as as well as as the victims of the 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 uh, persecution 
of Christianity from Europe. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they deemed them the, the only thing that they could deem uh, worthy uh, to be used for is as uh, farmers, agricultural farmers. And that, right. w- that was why they were given the title or the, the label as Boers. Now, um, I might also say that in Dutch, a farmer who, um, who raises cattle and uh, he's an, uh, a herdsman is called a fokker. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah. yeah. He, he raises cattle. He, he is called a – now, that is a farmer specifically who raises cattle. Okay. Now, that title was also used um, for the Boers because they were um, raising cattle. But it had another connection as well, which was also exploited for a certain period of time when they dropped that use exactly in the same way that uh, we've spoken about it before, where the four trackers, um, the, the Boers that went on the Great Trek were not known as four trackers. It was only after the Second Anglo-Boer War and after the hijacking of the Boer Republics, when um, many thousands upon thousands of Boers were disowned from their farms, both inside and outside of the Boer Republics. Right. And these Boers uh, being left destitute as um, beggars on the streets of the towns and the cities. Yeah. And the, uh, of, of course, they, uh, the only work that they could apply for was, for example, the stone breakers for the railways that were being built Diggers for the, the the tunnels for the railways, road builders, dam builders, all the difficult, dirty work and right. dangerous work was was then available to the Boers, but only they could only apply for that particular work if their application was accompanied by the um, by a letter from their local Dutch Reformed minister. Okay. The local Dutch reformed Germany. Yeah. In other words, they had a, had to have a letter of good standing with the Dutch reformed church. <laughs> right. And so the Boers were forced by hunger and by, um, de- being destitute, they were being forced into the Dutch reformed church. Exactly the same thing that Jan van Riebeek had done way back in 1657 when the first Freeburgers yeah arrived in the Cape or they were given um, they had to buy land from the Dutch East Indian Company. Right. Now, in this regard, just on on, um, the Day of the Covenant, there was a, of course, a Dopper or Dutch Reformed Domini that uh, preached at Urania. Now, Urania is a little town that has um, achieved much acclaim as an Afrikaner town, uh, which they deemed to be totally isolated from the rest of South Africa, which, of course, is a fallacy because they fall under the municipality or the the district of a town which is run by the ANC. Okay. So they're oh, not wow. this, this, this independent as they claim to be. Um, also, they have made agreements with the government, 
They have made agreements with the uh, EFF, that is the Economic Freedom Fighters of Julius Malema. Oh, boy. And we've spoken quite a bit about him in the past. Now, they've made agreements with all of these uh, different people to be left alone. And I have reason to believe is so that they can continue with their deception of luring the Boers into that town called Urania. But this Dutch Reformed minister preaching on the Day of the Covenant about the heathen that claim to the the history. Yeah. Okay. So, in Uh, other words, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but you're saying that this is just another Cape Dutch Afrikaner trick. The, the whole Uranium scheme. Of course, Boston. Yeah, yeah. Now, isn't isn't this the uh, blood? Isn't this Blood River Week? Or, aren't we? Uh, well, well, it was it was the day of cover, the covenant two days ago. Two days ago, yeah. And okay. on that day, that go ahead. Hello. Oh, okay, lost contact. So. Uh, I'll just send him a quick message. Please call back. Unfortunately, yeah, because he said they were having rolling blackouts in South Africa. And we might, uh, it's trying to reconnect. Or maybe I should call him because he called me. So hold on, folks. Since we're disconnected, I'll just send a connection and call him directly. Maybe we'll have a better connection if I call him okay and he only called like a a minute before showtime or it's still showing uh, no connection unless that that pinging noise is meaning we're not getting connected so I'll just wait for him to call back in and take it from there so yeah this is the week of Blood River (laughs) so uh, I was going to ask him if there's any uh, anything happening. The person you are. Okay. So that's not working. So uh, if you can hear us, uh, Pastor Martins, please call back. So it was uh, in 2014 that I went down there and was part of the Blood River Festival. And you know, so I got to witness that. And, uh, in fact, there, there were several uh celebrations in various parts of the country that Pastor Martins took me to. So uh, I got a a pretty good idea of what all is involved, but obviously, here we go. Okay, are you back with us, Pastor Martins? I see your picture (laughs) on the screen here. Nope, not yet, not yet. It looks like the rolling blackouts uh, are continuing. We'll, uh, I'll keep waiting for him to uh, try to call back in. But uh, when I was there, uh, we had found out, or Pastor Martins had found out, that the Cape Dutch Afrikaners had changed the t- colors of the uh, of the flag of the Boer people. Okay, and uh, they had changed it from, I believe it was uh, yellow to saffron. <laughs> so to a slight difference in color, which uh, he protested against because this was not the, the real 
flag of the Boer people. So obviously, as we know, wherever we go, and certainly... Okay, uh, if this doesn't connect, maybe I can call your phone, Pastor Martins. Maybe your phone. Okay. Oh, okay, there you go. Uh, yeah. Um, well, uh, I don't know uh, at what stage the network fell away, but uh, we managed to pick up again. Yeah, it's about two minutes. Um, about two minutes. And if, if, okay. it, if it falls again, can I call your phone? Will your phone be uh, uh, better? Yes, uh, you're welcome, Pastor. Yeah, okay. But uh, I was just telling the audience that when I went down there, they changed the colors of the Boer flag. And maybe uh, when you get done with your story, maybe we can address that question as well. So back to you. Yes. Um, up to what point did, uh, could you hear about my uh, story of this Dutch Reformed minister preaching about the people in Urania not being part of the House of Jacob? Yeah, well, I don't think we heard that. Uh, that uh, who who said that? And uh, because if they're Cape Dutch Afrikaners, they're not of the House of Jacob. But maybe that was not his intent. So uh, why don't you pick it up from what this uh, yes, pastor was saying? Go ahead. Yes. Um, well, I I received a a portion of a video which was uh, recorded during this. Um, the sermon by the Dutch Reformed Minister. Well, what I was saying was that um, quite some time ago, more than 120 years ago, the Dutch Reformed Church started taking up the Boers' covenant, of course, for the purpose of luring the Boers again for the so manyth time right. into the Dutch Reformed Church. Right. And they started convening people um, to... Uh, you, to use the covenant, the day of the covenant as a feast, and they would hold fights, bazaars, right? And um, yeah. ju just uh, one part of or one of these Cape Dutch Afrikaner organizations with, that we've spoken about as well um, is gives itself as a organization that would actually um, help the people in the event of a major catastrophe. Um, as a, uh, we've spoken about it, the Saitlanders. Right. Their, their whole theme was the form of a feast and uh, where in which um, their major speaker, uh, which is sponsored, whom is sponsored by the Freemasons. Right. Um, they, were, they were selling tickets for people to attend this um, this particular event, right. the so-called the Feast of the Day of the Covenant, uh -huh. and where in which they also hold a fight, a bazaar, right. and also they have a cash bar for people <laughs> who would like to have something to add, add it to the feast, uh, feast uh, right. to the okay. festive yeah. uh, spirit. Now, are, are blacks uh, and, and Jews allowed to buy tickets to this as well? <laughs> Well, Pastor, this is the whole thing. This organization's public relations officer is a self-declared Jew. Oh, he has a he has a long record of being a comrade to the ANC in the right. in the um, in the um, echelon, the upper echelons of the ANC's organization. Right. He joined the Saitlander some time ago. He has a 
a, a wife of color and he has kids with her. So um, uh-huh. does it make him a burn? No, he, oh, it no. doesn't. But the organize the organization itself gives itself as a Boer organization. Right. Of course, right. With, with the with the emphasis on the hijacking of the Boer identity. Now, at Urania, um, I've, we've spoken about Urania in the past. Urania is a, is a town that was uh, bought up by Freemasons, of course, with their uh, very bulging pensions, uh, pensions uh, funds when they um, exploited the Boers over the past 120 years. In fact, 122 years. After the, uh, the Second Anglo-Boer War, of course, you and I know that the Boer republics were actually hijacked by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners on the 31st of May 20, uh, 1910. And since then, the Boers have been the underdogs of the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Right. Now, what, what also happened was that um, the uh, during the past um, 112 years, these Cape Dutch Afrikaner Freemasons who held high positions in parastatal organizations and in corporations, um, when they um, went on pension, they started buying up the land of the Northern Cape and including the towns within the North- Northern Cape. Okay. Because of, because of Sina von Rensburg's prophecies about the tents that would be standing, the Boer tents that right. would be standing. Yeah, we talked about um, that three spread. weeks ago. Yeah, we talked about That's that. Right. And uh, the, he, he saw so, a bunch so, of white tents. So they're trying to upstage mm. the Boer people by enacting their own white tent scenario. Is that what it is? Well, Pastor, what they did was exactly the same as Petritif did. Okay. Uh, Petritif was a, a Boer leader a descendant from the French Huguenots, but he was a Freemason. Oh. Now, you and I know that Freemasons have sold their souls to Satan. Right. Because Freemasonry is a religion. It's not a, uh, um, a community service um, organization. Right, right, yeah. It has a, a very dark and yes. hidden uh, agenda. Yeah, like Judaism <laughs> it has a dark, hidden agenda. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the Zionists call Freemasonry the Judaism of the heathen. Right. <laughs> That's what the, it was created by the Zionists for the purpose of luring the House of Jacob into these organizations and steal their crowns. Remember, Jacob's name was changed to Yasharel, which means the prince okay. that reigns with Elohim. Good. Good. And. Yeah. And well, uh, just just today in Hosea twelve, I discovered something about the Masons, but that is a different uh, conversation okay. on a different day. Okay. What I wanted to say is these Freemasons bought up um, the towns and the farms as much as they could, with the purpose of when the the time comes that they would make massive profits off the Boers when the <laughs> Boers are, are yeah. being led into the Northern Cape and the Karoo. 
Right, right. Exactly the same as Petra Tief did. Remember, Petra Tief right. negotiated uh, loans with his Freemason brothers with the intent of negotiating with Ngan for land, and he would would sell the land to the Boers at um, high profits, which he would, uh, where with which the gains of he would use to repay his Freemason brothers. Right. Now, right. exactly, exactly the same thing is busy happening. Um, Urania is known as a town that had, um, well, they claim that they have freedom of choice and freedom of religion and freedom of uh, they are, that they are free from the ANC's um, uh, corruptions, etc. But within Urania, they have their own Freemason corruption, Pastor. Right. Um, I, I I know of people who have been to uh, Urania. Uh, they bought property there, and in a short time, they sold again, and they left Urania, stating that no Boer can survive there. Oh, wow. uh, it's not a place for Boers. It's an Afrikaner nest. Oh, all right. Discrimination. Um, How about that? Exactly. Um, if you want to, uh, if you want to be a uh, inhabitant of Urania, you can only be an inhabitant if you one of or a member of one of the three Afrikaner churches, which, which are, of course, the spawns of the Dutch Reformed Church. Right. Um, and now what happened on the day of the covenant, there was a Dutch Reformed Domini, or whether he was from the Dutch Reformed Church uh, is irrelevant because uh, all the Afrikaner churches in South Africa have the, the Dutch Reformed Church as their mother. Now, right. the Dutch Reformed Church um, was also part of the Dutch East Indian Company. And right. if one reads Revelation right. 17 and 18, exactly the same uh, uh, products that are mentioned in the Revelation were the uh, products which the Dutch East Indian Company marveled in. And one of them being slaves, right. slaves and um, yes. the, the trading in human souls. That was exactly what they were doing. And right. they were trading in human souls. Yeah, well, Peter says uh, that our enemy will make merchandise of us, <laughs> right? Slavery. Exactly. Yep. That's exa exactly yeah. what it was. Mm -hmm. Now, this Dutch Reformed Domini preached on the Day of the Covenant, and he actually quoted scripture. I, I can't recall what that scripture was, but he mentioned that the heathens uh, also um, – had part in the festivities of a particular event that was specific to the, specific to the house of Jacob. Okay. And by quoting that, he then stated to the congregation in Urania, which consisted, of course, mainly of Afrikaners. Right. He clearly stated to them that they were not to believe the lie that they are part of the house of Jacob. They are. Heathens, according to the scripture, they are heathens, so they can participate in the covenant of the Boers. Okay, so and you no, see how they well, yeah thought. Uh, yeah, right. I'm tr I'm trying to follow you here. So he is telling the Afrikaners present that they are heathen, and that therefore uh, That's exactly what he told them. Okay, but, but you must 
But if you're but heathen, you realize oh, he's saying the boar are heathen. He's equating the boar no, with heathen as Afrikaners. well. Okay. He was preaching. He was preaching as an Afrikaner to the Afrikaners. Right. You must remember that the boers are not recognized in Urania. They but aren't. Because okay. of the fact that there are so many boers that are busy discovering their true identity as being part of the house oh, and Jacob. the descendants of the house of Jacob. The the Dutch Reformed Church is busy running dry of Boers. Okay. The people are leaving the Dutch Reformed Church. Fantastic. So he does this. He states this as a as a statement to prevent people from listening to those who are okay. telling the Boers that they are descendants of the house of Jacob and that they need to uh, yeah. humble themselves Stay. and. Return to Yahweh. And stay heathen. <laughs> right? They should. Okay, well, so. Well, that's exactly what. Yeah. But that is exactly what he stated. But um, it, it was an attempt, a, a very brave attempt of his, like all the Dutch Reformed ministers are currently um, preaching for right. people not to listen to those that are talking about what they call the Israel uh-huh. truth. Right. Or the uh, Israel vision. Understood. Okay. In in other words, their main concern is the fact that they are losing their uh, very very, uh, rewarding uh, investors into their missions. They are losing... They are losing hundreds of people in their congregations because the Boers are busy returning to Yahweh. They're Amen. busy freeing themselves from the, yes. the, the this dungeons of the of the churches. Well, that sounds like the Great Awakening is finally happening in South Africa, where the Boer people are waking up to their heritage as the children of Jacob, and that we are exactly not to uh, mix company with non-Israelites, especially not half-breeds like the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, right? So that tells me exactly. that, that they're growing very concerned about this exodus. Well, oh, Pastor, go ahead. Now, the other thing that I must say, and this is very important, the Boer, um, the, the, the fathers of the Boers who had made these covenants had promised to keep these days as if Father Yahweh would help yeah. them in overcoming their enemy, which he did. Yep. If if that would be, um, they would actually uh, honor his name. And of course, his name being Yahweh, you, you cannot... Um, you cannot honor Yahweh in the name of the Lord. And right. Um, as it is in Afrikaans, the year. Okay. Um, so, so there must be a return to the true name of Yahweh. Amen. The other Amen. thing is what the Dutch Reformed Church led or the Dutch Reformed guided Afrikaners do. They use the day as a feast where in which they have dances and they have, of course, everything they do, they sanctify with a, a few a, a few portions of scripture and a domini right. making a prayer in the name of the Lord and of course we know the Lord is Baal. Yes. And then then they go on with a fight or a bazaar and 
they also have cash bars for those who want to <laughs> add to the festive spirit of the feast that they're right. holding. Okay. Whereas the, the fathers of the Boers had promised to keep it as a holy day, as day sanctified as sure. a Sabbath. Sure. Well, that's because now, the, is, the heathen are, are doing it instead of the Boer people. Uh, as I was trying to explain exactly. uh, while while you were uh, you know we were interrupted, I was trying to describe yes. your disgust at the uh, the flag, and uh, Brahm told me yes. that they had changed the color from uh, the, one one of the colors the, the red color from red to orange, and of course yes. that, that does not symbolize the Boer flag. They have you know, by, part of the hijacking of your identity by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Is changing the colors yes. of the flag, right? Well, the the, the the specific individual who was responsible for that um, for that change uh-huh. as and and he called it the Afrikaner Freiheitsflag, the Afrikaner Freedom Flag. Right. You see what these Edomites do, and they've been doing this throughout the ages. What the Edomites do is they create the problem. Right. Then they create <laughs> as many solutions to that problem yeah. where in which they control every solution. Right. But they cannot control. They, they nearly, very nearly managed to take on full control of the Boers for many years. Mm-hmm. However, since there had been an awakening of the Boers by their true identity and amongst which was, of course, the visitation of the angel. Right. Wherein which I, as far as I know, I'm, I've, I was the only one that drew this distinction. Of course, that was a revelation by the angel. Sure. The distinction between the Boers and the Cape Dutch Afrikaners as being two separate white races that okay. uh, arrived in the Cape over a period of time. And the one race, the one white race being the exploiters of the location of the Cape on the route. Um, yeah. For their trading, right? Of, of yeah. course, exploiting the Cape for uh, financial and commercial gain. Whereas the second group of white, the, the second white race that arrived in the Cape, were those that were um, that were persecuted in the in Europe by Christians. Okay, by the the two the two uh, plier. Um, I call it the Kneiptang Biener. They, you know these pliers which uh, one uses to cut wire? Right. Now, okay. that thing has, has, has two um, legs, if I can call it that. Sure. Two prongs, now, yeah. The, 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 yes. And um, these are – those two um, parts of it was the Roman Catholic Church and Protestantism, in right. especially – Calvinism, because the Calvinists, what they did, the, the Roman Catholics had the Crusaders and people who did not accept the Pope as the supreme authority, so calledly of God on earth, right. would be beheaded by their sword. Right. But the Calvinists, what they did was they would have uh, um, so-called chimney watchers and they would watch the houses in places like Geneva in Switzerland where uh, John Cohen or John Cohen, the the Jew, yeah, who John also Calvin. was called John Calvin, right? We he had full control of the city. People couldn't leave or um, leave the city or enter the city without his permission. 
Now he appointed chimney watcher policemen that watched the chimneys of their houses. Now that was not just in, in uh, Geneva of Switzerland, but it was also done in many of the towns in, in France as well as in Spain. Okay. And uh, there are stories about the persecution. And guess what? The stories are about the persecution of the Jews <laughs> because of Calvinism. Right. Now, okay. What, Not persecution of Christians. Right. Or, those houses that did not emit, whose chimneys did not emit smoke on the Sabbath day were deemed to be rejectors of Calvinism. Okay. Because they would honor the Sabbath day yeah. and not light fires. Right. And then on the on the Monday, those families would be marched out to the, their houses, and they would be burnt at the stakes. Okay, that's another so, type of smoke. <laughs> I, I would rather, oh, right. I would I would rather die by being beheaded by a sword than to be have my whole family burning right. on an uh, a wood wooden pile. Uh, and to see my children being yeah. um, uh, going through the most excruciating pain because of the flames right. that bite at them. But this was what was happening by virtue of the Calvinists. Sure, sure. And if one goes and look at the, the, the Edict of Nantes, the Edict of Nantes was not so much to protect the Calvinists from the Roman Catholics, but to protect their Roman Catholics from the Calvinists. You're right. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were, they they were, were just other, as bad. They were other. Yes. They were other edicts as well to bring about a religious tolerance. Right. But the, um, some of those edicts, um, were for the purpose primarily of protecting the Roman Catholics against the very Mean and uh -huh. um, spiteful the, the, Calvinists, the, yes. Not just spiteful, but the, the most grave forms of of um, persecution and and pain and uh, death, forms right. of death, right? By the Calvinists, right? Right. And when, of course, then when uh, the King of France uh, became a Roman Catholic because of the the Pope offering him a a, a government system whereby which the church would um, support the gaining of taxes from the people of the land. Right, right. Of course, of course the, yeah. the French king then became a Roman Catholic, and that was when the edict of Nantes of Roman of 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 uh, religious tolerance was lifted. Uh huh. And one of the things that also happened was, of course, the St. Bartholomew Day, that marriage of the queen um, with a uh, Roman Catholic um, king. Right. Then right. Uh, many of the uh, Calvinists were killed. Right. The, the, kill, the killing of those Calvinists by the Roman Catholics was a revenge action because sure. of the way in which the Calvinists had killed the Roman Catholics. I see, I see. Now, quick question. Were the Huguenots, were they Calvinists or just uh, non-Catholics? Yes, they were? 
they, they, they were Calvinists. Okay. And of course they fled France after the, um, the, um, the lift, the lifting of the Edict of Nantes, I think it was in 1664 right. or 1680, uh, 1668. And then the, um, Calvinists fled from France and they fled to uh, what was then a religious tolerant state of Holland. Although Holland was also Calvinistic, uh-huh. they had a very high degree of religious tolerance. And that was also why the yeah. uh, Sephardic Jews in 17, uh, sorry, in 1492 had fled from Spain um, to, uh, to Amsterdam. Right. Right. And they, yeah. they were responsible for what was called the blooming days of Amsterdam, um, where in which Amsterdam became the seat of the uh, the trade. You must remember that Venice um, in in Italy used to be the the seat of trade uh, yes. for the for the Edomites, um because of its proximity to Rome. Right. And then because of wars, um, that seat moved to Spain, and then it eventually moved to Amsterdam. Right. And that was because of the and then trade to New York. Exactly. Yes. In exactly the same way in which the Jews control the uh, commercial and trade and industry right. throughout the world today, they've been doing that for eons. Um, and also during that time when, when Amsterdam was the seat of all trade, right. especially diamonds. Right. Pastor, right. Still yep. to this day, Amsterdam is Still the, to this day. the yeah. major diamond, the diamond processing city in the world. Right. London yeah. has the diamond, the the diamond auction house. Right. Which was controlled, which is controlled by the Jews, the right. Rothschilds, <laughs> and then Amsterdam, the diamond um, uh, um, processing yeah. houses are also controlled by the Rothschilds. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, I'm still not. So, are you saying? Let me get clear on who exactly you mean by the two white races. Number one has to be the Boers, all right. And who? No, are, the number one. Okay. Number go ahead. one is the Dutch East Indian Company. Okay. Um, the the um, employees of the Dutch East Indian Company right. and the non-Jewish uh, employees. The Dutch East Indian, Sorry, the non-Jewish employees of the Dutch East India Company, because the no, Jews they, they were they were uh, basically all the whole of the Dutch East Indian Company was um, Jewish w- was uh, founded by Jews, right. Azerian Jews and okay. Sephardic Jews, and later on during the uh, trading years of um, the Dutch East Indian Company. The, the, the Ashkenazi Jews, who were very, very poor in the eastern part of Europe, right. they then started using, the, the uh, Dutch East Indian Company started using the Ashkenazi Jews, the Uknoses, right. as favored, as favored um, beneficiaries to uh, the operations of the Dutch East Indian Company. They okay. were preferentially employed by the Dutch East Indian Company. So this is where the Rothschilds and as Yeah, so this is where sorry. the Roth this is where the Rothschilds would have learned the banking uh, habits of the, the the Dutch Jews. Exactly. Okay. So if okay. one if one now looks at 
again, if we go back to this minister, the Dutch Reformed minister that preached at Urania, he, shortly after this sermon, I remember the whole thing was meant to be a fight and a, 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 a day of, of feasting, of course, with bryflies and uh, barbecue and uh, all the things that go with it and pork chops, um, <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. Now, and pork chops. Yeah. Now, right. Shortly thereafter, the town Urania was struck by a tornado. Really? And the, the destruction, the destruction that followed was quite eventful and quite uh, widespread. Okay. Uh, the roofs of some of the uh, the um, the the um, uh, uh, infrastructure uh-huh. was lifted off and smashed against other parts of the infrastructure. I am so glad that Father Yahweh himself intervened on that particular day, right. in that particular event. Of course, with the Dutch Reformed minister saying that they were heathens and that they had the right to participate in the feast of the Boers. Okay. I think Yahweh wanted to show them. Right. And I'm so glad that's, that's so. that this happened. <laughs> right. Very interesting. Okay. So who specifically then are the two white races that you were talking about? Because uh, I'm confused because I don't consider Jews to be white in any way, shape, or form, even though many okay. of them look white. Okay. All right. Pastor, you must you must remember where the Jews reign. They classify themselves as white, as being whatever okay. they want to be. Yes. In South Africa's case, they classif- classify themselves as white, and those Jews that uh, that practiced Calvinism were white, but those Jews that practiced uh, uh, the Talmudism, yes, Zionism, Judaism. They were classified as non-white. Okay. By the Afrikaners. Remember that since the 31st of May 1910, South Africa and the Boer Republics were totally under the control of these Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners, calling themselves white because they are Calvinistic. Right. And because they're impersonating white people to begin with, right? Exactly. Okay, okay so the, yeah. the Calvinists, the white Calvinists, as you're describing, that's one of the white races. What's the other one? Or is it the Catholics? Huh? The other one, no, no, that, not at all. In, in, uh, if you look at the this description that is given by these, or that is given by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Yes. Of, Okay, I hope we haven't lost you again. Yes, we have. (laughs) Okay, because he was just getting ready to answer my question. (laughs) All right, so let me just check the uh, Skype here. 60 years ago and before that. Okay. Can you hear me? Uh, No, you you blanked out uh, for the last minute or so. You were just getting ready to answer my question. Okay. Here, I tell you, uh, we ha- our connection is really bad. Let me call your phone, and we can finish our conversation on your phone, okay? I think we'll be better. Okay, here we go. All right, folks, I'm going to call his phone.
It's ringing. Okay. Hello. Ah, there we go. Okay. Yes. Now you were you were just answering my question as to who is the other white race. First of all, you're talking about the Cape Dutch Afrikaners being classified as white, and the Talmudic rabbis and Talmudic Jews being classified as non-white. So who are the other whites in in their classification? Uh, Pastor, the second group of whites are those that um, were persecuted by by Christianity, the two two legs of this um, vice that um, were utilized by the Edomites, Roman Catholicism being the one, and of course... um, Christianity, the Protestantism being the other one, with okay. particular emphasis on Calvinism. Okay. Now, these persecuted ones were persecuted because they were called patriots. And the word patriot is derived from the fact that these people spoke about the Almighty as Patriot. Right. Now, Patriot is, is the word or the combination of two words that is being um, attached or used to label that patriots. Okay. Right. Right. And then second, secondly, of course, they were, were the ones that upheld and honored the Seventh-day Sabbath. Right. They were persecuted by the Calvinists because they rejected Calvinism and okay. they still followed the scriptures because they were the, from the house of Jacob. Okay, so now, the Jews also, the Jews also uh, held the seventh day Sabbath, and that was part of their deception, right? Of the identity and the theft of their identity of the house of Jacob, sure, by upholding the seventh day Sabbath, right, right. And of course, we can we, we can read a lot about what the Jews say about the persecution of the Jews, right? Of okay. course, were they. With, with knowing the fact that they have hijacked the identity of the house of Jacob. Right. Now, what I also need to, to say at this point is um, this um, second group of, of um, white whites, race. of the white, the second white race that arrived in the Cape were even, and there is some uh, um, historical evidence that they were even crucified in the Cape really? for not conforming to Dutch Reformed standards. Okay, okay. all right. They so let me let me stop you right there because uh, I think I'm beginning to understand you. So the persecuted ones of Europe, besides the Boer people, would be the Catholics and the Protestants because both of those groups of Christians were being persecuted. So are you saying that both Catholics and Protestants that migrated to South Africa are considered the second white race? No, but Pastor. Okay. Who? The, 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 the Calvinists. Calvinists. Okay, just the, the Calvinists. The, you must remember that, just remember that the, the um, Dutch East Indian Company, to gain the Dutch Reformed State, which was the Dutch Reformed Church, the church was the state, and the state was the church to gain right. the uh, capital investment of the Dutch Reformed state right. or the, the Dutch state as the Dutch Reformed church. 
they had to all convert to Christianity, to Calvinism. To Calvinism, right. And that was why the, that, that was how they became crypto-Jews. Right. But these crypto-Jews, even Jan van Riebeek was a crypto-Jew, Freemason, right. and masquerading as a Calvinist for the sake <laughs> of being... Okay. <laughs> you must right. remember, if there's a major capital investor in a business, the capital investor demands has certain demands. And if that demand is that they Christianize to, Cal- uh, to Calvinistic Dutch Reformed Church. Right. Now, Pastor, okay. this evidence, I have so much of this evidence, which I gathered from archives in the Far East. Right. Because they state what was done to them was also done to the Boers in South Africa. Right. Well, I remember the angel told okay. you, the angel told you that you would be be getting books. You would be receiving books that explained all this to you, and you you reported on some of those books already. But we only have about four minutes yes. left. I'm still well. Where do the Boer people fit in? If I understand you correctly, the, uh, the, uh, where do the Boer people fit in? Are they part of either of these two white races that you're talking about? Pastor, the second race was referred to, or that was referred to, was the people that came as persecuted, uh, non-believing, or those that were not Christians. Okay, so that would be the the Boer people. They were. Okay. They they were believers, but they believed in the Old Testament. Even Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote about the Boers that they were very patriotic, and that they were. They had a dour, fatalistic Old Testament religion. Right. So it is the Boer people. Meaning that they were not Christians. Right. So the one race is the Boer people, as described. You just as you just described as non-Christians. Did did the Boer people ever acknowledge uh, Jesus Christ as a Messiah up until this point in history? Uh, uh, Pastor, there were some of the Boers that came. Uh, well, by far the most of the Boers came from Germany right. and from the Republic of Prussia. And some of the, uh, uh, and, 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 and a very Prussia, small right. number of these people that did come from Germany came as Lutherans, right. as Mennonites, and as Anabaptists. Okay, so they would be aware but of they, Jesus as the Messiah. Okay. All right. But, Yeshua as the Messiah. Right. So, but, uh, but not all Boer would would be in that category. Okay. So, with uh, just about no, they, okay, because we have about two minutes left. So, so another you're talking about the two persecuted races, the one being the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, and the other being the Boer, the Boer people who were not. No, no the, the 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 Cape Dutch Afrikaners were persecuted to more than two hundred years before. Okay. They were persecuted by the Roman Catholic. And okay. They, they practiced Judaism in Amsterdam. Right. And that those those Jews in Amsterdam became Christianized Calvinists. Okay. For the sake of having a position in the in the Dutch East Indian right. Company. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was all very confusing. <laughs> uh, maybe after the show, you, you could maybe put that in, in writing. But uh, obviously, the Boer people who never were, quote-unquote, Christianized by either the Catholic Church 
or by the uh, Dutch church would be one of the races, right? Is that what you're saying? Pastor, you must remember that um, Christianity was a vile organization. Oh, yeah. It was a uh, murderous organization in those right. days. Yes, it was. I mean, I know. They, conducted, they conducted more than 400 years of wars amongst themselves. Right. And most of the Boers, being uh, in the northeastern part of Europe, um, were being persecuted by very little by the Roman Catholics, but a lot by the Calvinists. I see. Right. Okay. And so, all right, so that, that one group of persecuted people is definitely the Boer people. And we'll have to continue this discussion because yeah. we're running out of time. So uh, we'll get this straight, okay? All right, thank you for your input today. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition, folks. And we are being persecuted today by you-know-who. <laughs> okay, Yahweh bless everybody. Thank you, Pastor Martins. Take care, and Yahweh bless. Praise Yahweh. Okay, praise thank Yahweh. Okay, bye-bye.